Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Catherine Lawler, Catherine of Avonside Girls High School in New Zealand. Welcome to the podcast, Catherine. Thank you, Jono. First of all, I mentioned we have a lot of educators listening in, but from all different parts of the world. And one thing I'm always fascinated with, <laughs> how different education, school systems looks in different parts of the world. Tell us a bit about, about um, your role of principal and, and what you do in that role. Uh, I know, having um, been an educator in um, the UK and in Africa, um, it is, as you say, there are lots of differences across um, the sector and across countries. So um, my role, so my school is a, sing, is a unique school in New Zealand. Um, it's a single sex girls school, but um, it's in Christchurch, which is where the earthquakes happened uh, 11 years ago. And so the school is part of a rebuild in Christchurch and we have a boys school in the same building. So I want you to imagine that for a minute. So it's like a huge building, beautiful modern building with a cool shape with a boys school on one side and a girls school on the other. Um, and the idea is that we have the girls school. I have a colleague who's principal of the boys school. Uh, we have our own separate schools, but we share the theatres, the cafe, the library, gyms. So it's a sort of idea that you get the best of both worlds. Um, it's a secondary schools year nine year 13 which is about 13 years of age to 18 and I've got about 11 50 girls in the school um, or students I should say and um, and so yeah and it has its separate board of trustees um, and I started in that job as principal of January this Having moved down from somewhere else in New Zealand, I was really keen to be principal of the school. Situation. Um, what's my job? Um, my job is is simply a duty of care for the school, the staff, um, the student body, and our community, um, which is a very sort of simple way of of actually describing something incredibly busy. Um, and my days can <laughs> my days can range from standing at netball to judging a house competition to dealing with quite a serious, you know, um, a serious staff matter. Leading a meeting, uh, meeting with parents around student behaviour, um, reaching out to agencies, working with my senior leadership team, or wandering around the school talking to students and popping into classes. Um, mm. So the day is really varied. <laughs> Yeah, I for anyone who he hasn't, hasn't uh, really involved in education, I just can't explain how coming from. I haven't had involvement in education, but I work with a lot of educators, and it's just it's. I, I'm always surprised when I'm on the ground with a head of school about just the so many so 
many events. It's yeah. I, I always I, leave like shaking my head, going. I was chuckling when you mentioned it's a simply. Well, it, it you know, that might be it might be a simple description of the role, but boy, it it's is a, a um, it's a fascinating role, and it is so interesting to see what comes up every day. Yeah, and I think it's because it's such a dynamic place. Um, in a school, you're dealing with all these different people. And people, mm. as we know, are human beings and they have lots of different emotions. Um, you've got 1,100 teenagers, uh, you know, roaming the corridors. Um, yeah. And you've also got staff and you've got all that comes with that. Um, and I think it's a sort of, what does I think Michael Fullan calls it? You stand back from the gallery and observe and do big strategic thinking. And the next minute you dive in and you're doing lots of the little things, you know, and being yes. very present in the moment for people. Um, and then you back out again and do mm. some more strategic thinking. Um, so it has a, it's very multifaceted and I do a lot of miles, steps, steps. I do a lot of steps, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and have a lot of conversation. Yeah. That's so good. It's well, quite relational. You've got to know who you've got to get very well. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that you said mm. that. It, it, I, 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 for me, is thinking the head of schools will be having a meeting with um, council about a building grant, development architect, millions of dollars, yeah. and then might be in a classroom because they, they like to just, you know, still um, be involved in a particular class and walk from one to the other. And it's like one group, you've got a bunch of teenagers literally in the room with chatting with yeah. the first talking about a, a multi-million dollar building grant uh building um project and that's the life of a uh, of a principal and... yeah, and yeah I think so from good. the outside from the outside you could look it could look really chaotic um and quite mm. reactive but it isn't really you've just got to be really deliberate and have your calendar organized and have time for the students and time for the other things um but from yes. the outside it could look like you never stop <laughs> well, um, so good. Thank you for unpacking that. I, I really love the way you are. Let's jump into your story. I'd love to start with yeah. your childhood. So when you were little, I, I'd love to hear what were some of the moments of your life, Catherine, that really shaped you into the person and the leader you are? Um, gosh, well, that's a long story, but we'll make it short. Um, yeah, I was thinking back to a funny story my mother told me. Um, I'm the eldest of three girls, um, and my mother told me I used to, every time she tried to help me do anything, I would stamp my feet and say, I'll do it my own. I'll do it my own. So maybe the um, maybe some of the uh, desire for leadership was present to, even at two years old. Um, I think the biggest <laughs> thing for me was was the was my father um he was an incredible man um and he's not with us anymore an incredible um support but also people drew to him and he was always involved either running his own business but also leading sailing in our where we lived in the UK and um and everybody drew to him and he used to say to me it's always about the people the people the people which now I've come to New Zealand is the people the people the people um so my mm. um and he kept that sort of mantra and always made me try to reach for what i wanted to do 
elsewhere, which is really good for me. But I still was living in a time in our society where were not something, even though Margaret Thatcher was in power at the time, women in leadership were not much of. Um, and I went to a university, uh, a top university in the UK, where only a third of men. Um, and I had lots of experiences where not important. Um, and I think that really shaped me in, hey, hang on a minute, we can do this too. And I got involved in quite mm. a lot of leadership uh, in my college um, with things that were happening there, fundraising, things like that, because I was struck by it was the first time I'd come across it, this idea that maybe the world wasn't shaped for women. Um, yeah. And I hadn't come yeah. across it before that, and certainly not you know, until I got to the university I went to. Um, so that's always left its mark. And I, I do remember thinking at the time, no, you know, you've got to, um, women, there needs to be diversity in leadership and also, um, yeah, women have got things to offer and to say and are important, yeah. um, in, in leading things in the future. And I, yeah. And I remember going off into, I went to work in marketing and I, I found that really dull actually. And I, I went back to teaching, which I'd always <laughs> wanted to do. Um, and I was very lucky because I went to teach in a girls' school in London and got lots of opportunity to lead and then went to schools in Africa, international schools, which I loved. Um, and I had learned Swahili, so I got the opportunity to lead aspects of curriculum development there um, and work with the community. Um, and I think from then on, I, I always, I never looked back really, I always wanted aspects of leadership in my job. But many of them were around developing relationships with the community, with people, developing curriculum, things like that. Um, and that's what I love most in Kenya and Tanzania, leading that kind of connection with the community, um, really wow. it brought so much life to the school. It was really interesting. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's a very long story short, but, um, I met <laughs> teachers from New Zealand and moved to New Zealand with, with a very young family and ended up at yeah. a big boys school in Auckland, which I loved and was great. Um, and I got lots of opportunities for leadership to a certain point. Um, and again, I remember thinking, hmm. And somebody said, if you want to make a difference to get into senior leadership, you know, if you really want to take your ideas about education and make a difference. Um, and so I remember being quite deliberate and intentional, uh, intentional about moving to single-sex girls in um, and um and that was kind of a step because i knew so get within boys yeah. education yeah um yeah and then i um ended up at another girls school as a deputy principal uh in curriculum i mean this is a very long story short and that that was a school that was really um broken and so i had mm. a huge amount of growth probably um vertical style growth <laughs> um into turning a school mm. around um which was really really interesting to do and taught me a lot about um the importance and moral purpose the importance of being really deliberate communicating really clearly um mm. and growing leaders you can't do it all yourself you've got to grow other leaders to and enable them yeah so well like <laughs> Like you said, long story, long story short, there's so much sure. in there. 
And I have so many questions I, I could ask you. And I did mention before we... Um, yeah. The invitation's there to come back for a part, part two because, because I um, honestly have 20 questions in my mind. I'm having to pick one um, <laughs> because your story is yeah. amazing. Uh, uh, I, there's so much I could ask you about. But I, I want to um, I want to ask you about your dad. And, and I'm sorry to hear yeah. that he's no longer with us. Um, what an amazing man. I can hear the impact he had on you. Um, of, and I'm sort of putting you on the spot here, but any specific moments yeah. where you think of your dad and a story managed a particular crisis or how you saw him lead in his business or with the sailing or any moments that have really and um you know of your dad um as we had this conversation there's a number yeah a number actually um firstly when i was young and i i used to do things like leave my hand back in the train and things like that um dad would always come and support one thing that I learned from him but um I saw him leading um, and growing a, an aspect of sailing at the club we were at and in the business they ran a restaurant success um he he was always calm in a crisis he was always able to put people first um, and, and in all the sort of way that he visioned things around growing this, the mirror club or the restaurant that they had, it was always about how could he create it where people, where people wanted to be part of it and they wanted to, you know, um, what he was offering. And I, um, mm. and nothing was ever too, you know, if suddenly <laughs> there was sort of 20 people descended or for him um and he worked incredibly hard and i think that work ethic yeah i mean I there was yeah, that that. The, the calm in the crisis is really yeah. something um that i love that you said about because that i think is underrated i think not, not only in leadership, leadership but in if we can learn and it is so people that might be personality um, definitely, definitely or family of origin, but I, it's something all of us can learn and grow in is to, is to be calm in a crisis or at least appear that way appropriately. And, and it can make such a big difference. I, I just think it's very rare in a stressful way in life. I would definitely agree. And I think you can learn it because I'm quite a passionate, emotional person and I've quite react i think you can really learn and mature in yourself and how to remain and think slowly <laughs> how yeah. you're going to even if you're slowly um you know that's okay how are we going to cope yeah. with it you know absolutely i always see the with staff who start panicking you know we're not a hospital no one's going to die you know, let's think about how we're going to do with this. Um, but maybe oh, that's like something that, that comes. That's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think definitely experience helps um, as part of that learning and growing. But then you always meet or come across people who are much older who haven't learned that. And it's a reminder that it doesn't. 
Um, no, uh, I know, let me I ask you about. Yeah, carry on. I want to ask you about women in leadership, and yeah, you mentioned your passion for um, as a woman in leadership. You uh, in the structures and maybe yeah. the culture. Um, the first time you realized, ah, oh, okay, um, yeah. What? So I, I guess what I'm interested to know is where do you see you know, from that point, where do you see things now um, for, and yeah, let me just ask you that first. How, how do you see mm. things are going now as a woman in leadership and, and generally around this idea of women in leadership um, across the board? I think, it, I mean, I, I think it's, yeah, I, I look, I think it's moved on since I was, you know, in my early twenties. Um I had some kind of strange experiences at the marketing place I worked where there was, I was young and, you know, young graduate and there was definitely a sense that the women were below the men and that actually, you know, there was even that hint of to make it up, um, you know, even in a, a decent marketing house in London, there were things that, you know, you might have to do. And I, I, it, that's all changed. I mean, definitely that's all changed. But I do think that just like there is unconscious bias against race, there is still a lot of unconscious um, when you hit quite sort of patriarchal groups or the boys club. Um, and I, I don't think they consciously mean it, but, you know, you, you have to just work that little bit harder and prove a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, I do think that still exists. I don't think we should say, oh, no, it's all fine. It's all equal. You mm. know? Um, and I do think there are still some stereotypes around women, um, such as those kind of words, emotional, that can mm -hmm. exist. But I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's definitely better perhaps in education, although yeah. not all sections. Um, yeah, I think we that there still are there still is some some unconscious bias and of course for many women they they also have a break in their career so often they come to leadership a little bit late, later um yes. depending on you know which is really important and should be valued um and it's really interesting because i see women not going for jobs until they're older and they feel I've done my time and I really should. Whereas I see younger men going for jobs after very little time, you know, there's a confidence there. Yes. That I could do this job with women. They feel they need to do quite a bit of time to sort of earn the chance to have a go at that job. Yeah. It's an interesting observation. Um, I'd love to ask you what, you know, you, you've worked in different locations, the, yeah. the UK, in Africa, in New Zealand. Is there anything that comes to mind? What have you seen that has worked in helping to shift things forward? Mind that you've seen fail abysmally for all of us who are listening, um, men and women who want to be part of moving this forward. Anything yeah. you've seen that's worked well and anything that you've seen where you've gone? It does, does, does not work. <laughs> that does not work. I'll start with a positive one first. Um, one of the things that I think is really incredible about New Zealand and New Zealand education is that we have um, incredible leadership development um, in our universities, in courses, in courses that aspiring principals can do, that deputy principals, you know, heads of department. Um, and there's a real focus on leadership development, which 
you can do, as I say, either as a full year course or you can do it as PLD, PD training um, while you're working. Um, because I think New Zealand's education system really recognizes the need for leadership rather than management. Um, so that has been really, really good. And I think really effective in, um, in developing a leadership structures and um, ways that um, really robust ways that um, people are coming into leadership with more thought about who would be right around the table. There's a lot of talk in New Zealand about diversity and the importance of diversity around the leadership table. Mm. Um, and I think that has been really, really important in recognizing the need for diverse voices around a table and what diverse people bring to a leadership team. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, yeah. Been, that's been a real focus of work in New Zealand. Um, so I th I, that's really good. Um, and perhaps takes it away from structures of, you know, the boys club or you got the job because of who you know. Or so find more avenues and opportunities for people to work in that leadership sphere and then go they would like to do the leadership work they'd like to do. Yeah, so what about um, a lot more women as DPs now in boys' mm -hmm. schools? Yes. Because of recognition yeah. of diversity, the need for diverse voices. You know, that's a good example. And um, mm, uh, I, really, I, really I really love that you articulated that. So what have you seen that hasn't worked? Uh, in, in this, for women or generally? Yeah, I, I think sometimes people are meaning, are well-meaning, but they either have a map, it might be something where you go, um, I've seen this and it's a blind spot and people don't realize, mm. um, or, yeah, yeah, so not necessarily something where they've tried to make it better, but I'm asking what, what can we avoid doing or, or maybe even, yeah, yeah, are there any big blind spots that you've seen in different locations that you think that yeah, might be something one of the things, listeners to Yeah, one of the things I have to be aware of as leaders, and I think it happens often, it probably happens in lots of sectors, but I see it in education, um, is that... Um, we can hesitate to look outside our organization. Um, and I think that is quite a blind spot. So if you are um, looking for a new senior leader or a new head of department or a new um, principal even, it's really, really important, I think, that any institution um, thinks about the right fit for that team and for that position and is open, doesn't make assumptions about who might come from within inside, with inside the organisation um, and sort of have it already sewn up in their head. I, I think the, it's really, really important to um, put a leader, leadership position out and see what you get and look at that with a really open mind. So mm. I think sometimes in education we can think, oh, yeah, and we get better the devil you know than the devil you don't. But mm. often somebody really, um, somebody who, if you go with an open mind and you, you interview and you look for what you need for the team, sometimes you can find that that freshness of someone coming in brings innovation and 
you know, um, dynamism into a team. So I think that's a real blind spot. That can be a real blind spot. Mm, yeah, that's a great, and that's I, a great I have point. Seen that that's really wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think people can, can, um, yeah, can miss. I'm, I'm a really big believer in, uh, one of the things I love to, when I'm working with an organization around values and vision and, and hiring and trying to great people and and take it up a real notch and i think of the filter of you know um if you for most uh, particularly for schools let's talk about schools in education if you of what you're doing and the values of your school then the right team member yeah. may I, I always think they may be willing to move across the country like like you did um or even to move um, move into state in you know in different parts of the world or even move internationally and i think that's a great lens to think, okay, let's go to the other extreme rather than assuming we'll just um, that promote someone internally, which I understand why people will for a number of reasons, but it's great to have this in mind and to try to create something that whole and looks beyond going, not just people here, but actually looking to be so um, in, you know, envisioned by what we're doing that they'd want to move whole life over to us and uh and yeah, yeah i think that's a great lens to think like that i think um, you can get it badly wrong otherwise you know um and teams can become quite static or lack that mm. kind of innovation around the vision um and i i would say that has been and i have seen it go badly wrong because of course, yeah, in so good. it's very hard. Yeah. Mm. It's very hard. Sorry, to, sorry, there's a bit of a delay. Of <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me let me jump to the next question. You're very gracious. Thanks. Yeah, okay, <laughs> sorry, sorry, we keep interrupting each other. Um, okay, I, I want to ask you about aha moments you've had in your career so far. Can you think of any big aha moments where the penny really dropped and you realised, ah, oh, that I made a mistake there, or you had a piece of advice from someone that's always stuck with you, or you just learnt a lesson from, you just remember standing in a particular spot and thinking. You know, you you had a revelation of something. Any aha moments in your leadership journey that that pop into your mind? Oh, quite a few. <laughs> I mean, I think if you stop having those, then you know you've got to ask yourself: Are you still leading with that kind of energy? Because they happen on a regular basis. I think, um, especially around people. And I think that's why you've always got to seek to understand because then you understand why someone's behaving a particular way and how you might work with them to grow them rather than just assuming things. But aha moments I've had. Um, one moment I had is definitely um, working with a group of leaders who um, had sort of a hierarchical power structure and were quite, um, yeah, were quite tricky. And... Um, I worked with a, I went to see a communication consultant and um, she said to me, it's really simple. You just need to change the space that you're in and change the dynamics and that will change, change the space that you're in and that will change where people sit. And then that changes the dynamics of the meeting. 
Um, and something else she said stuck with me, stuck with me too, which was, I know it was really simple and it was really true. It really did change all of the power structure in the room. Uh, where she said, you've got to remember that you're leading different groups of people. And so when you have something you want to communicate, you need to remember that you've got your butterflies who are really excited and want to have, this is cool. Where are we going? What are we doing? Let's go. You know, and then who need to know that you've really planned it and that you know what's happening and where it's going. And then you've got your black cats who want to ask all the difficult questions. Um, and you need to be able to give all of those people. Um, yeah, that's, so that that's was, such that good was advice. really important. That was a real our heart moment. And um, uh, gosh, so many actually. Um, yeah, I remember, you know, another aha moment was working with older staff members um, around, you know, becoming more innovative in their classroom or leading or changing how they're doing things and just stopping and asking them about their values and why they came into the profession and really kind of having that aha moment of understanding why it was so difficult for them to retire or so difficult for them to leave. It's a lot about actually listening to people so that you understand where they're coming yeah. from. Um, and that really helps yeah. you to have aha moments to get it right with the relationship. But, yeah, you know, it's funny you mention that. Yeah, yeah, sorry, carry on. <laughs> the listening comes up so often, more than almost anything else mm -hmm. on the podcast. What have you learned? Because this is something school leaders really have to be good at. You're, you're listening to multiple stakeholders. You have to be very intentional with creating spaces. It's not just your workforce yeah. who turn up every day. You have parents who are living busy lives. Yes invested in in kids what advice um, yeah. would you give and what have you learned about how to listen to the different uh you know versus the planners versus the black cats and also different different um stakeholders what have you learned about how to listen well um yeah there's a right there's a couple of things that i think are really important um uh, the one thing i've learned is you must be really present so uh absolutely must not screen open it's really tempting because but you need to be really listening and the only way you're really listening is if you are looking them in the eyes and you are listening to them um as soon as you start making notes and doing other things or have a computer screen it distracts from that sense that you are present in the room with them um I think it's really important that you start to show you're listening you start with an empathy comment um and what they're thinking or where they're coming from you understand and you acknowledge how they're feeling um and i i think that those two are two really really key things um i think educate by the nature of who we are we like to rush in and fix things and rush come up with a solution because that's kind of what we do when we're teaching um with students um and <laughs> each other and um and i think you know that's that we've got to remember and actually you should be doing the least amount of talking 70 30 isn't it the other person should be doing the most amount of talking so those are the mm. things i've learned to to really do 
Um, yeah. And that's difficult because you want to make notes. You want to, but actually you need to listen and empathize with them, particularly a parent. That, that's so good. And it's amazing how much you can, uh, you know, school leaders, parents are one of the most challenging stakeholders because they can be at times, uh, you know, yes. quite irrational and yet very, very, like it's them, it's the thing in the world they're most passionate about is their child. And so you have this combination of passion and sometimes not being rational. That, that means uh, it often takes a lot of listening to help. And as soon as they feel heard, someone may then start moving away from being irrational and actually start being able to hear you. And, and it's until they feel heard, they may not be able to hear anything. That's right. Um, I love, yeah, the, that's I love the advice of the 10-second pause. And and I love that you mentioned mm. not even taking notes. And um, it's a great exercise for anyone out there who wants to learn to listen better conversations. And you can do this with family. You can do it with friends at in work, mm. team, with your boss, you know, depending on what role you're in, is when you're in a conversation, just mentally count to 10 when they pause it's a great little exercise that we realize how often the person has been pausing a bit like um with our with our lag in this conversation which i feel critical yeah, about yeah. <laughs> but um it forces you to pause and realize i was about to jump in because i had something to say but actually when i wait they kept going on a thought and i i was you know, 80% of the time, instead of us jumping into what we think. And they, by the time we get anywhere near 10, they jumped in again and kept going. So yeah, it sounds ridiculously simple. Mm -hmm. oh, but it's so, it's yeah, such I, an I, effective way. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think don't be scared of... I agree with you about that. Mm. Don't be scared of it being silent for a short time because that gives you some thinking time. And that, that often that people will start talking again. You're absolutely right. Well, as we start, um, I have a few Leadership yes. Express questions for you. The first one is, <laughs> what is a uh, So I'm interested in a book that you have uh, gifted to a lot of people, or it might be recommend a lot to people. Oh, yeah, I've got two, actually. Um, a book I often give to people is Legacy, which is uh, All Blacks. You, everyone knows the All Blacks, or, um, top rugby team in the world. Um, so there's a brilliant book called Legacy, um, and it takes the metaphor of the All Blacks shirt and the way that the All Blacks became so successful because um, basically they, just, they developed a model when every new young rugby player coming onto the scene uh, was shirt and then given a book. Um, and the black book was for him to record his experiences in, but the shirt was um, given to him as a legacy that he would hand on. So how would he leave that shirt, you know, when he left mm. rugby? Um, and it's all about how the, that those kind of elements of leadership that brought the All Blacks to that place where they won two World Cups and, you know, did what they did. Um, easy to read and it's small chunks, but really interesting um, for leaders to read. And the other book um, is Belonging by Owen Marshall. I think, no, not Owen Marshall. You'd have to look it up. It's called Belonging. 
Um, it's a New Zealand uh, Naotahu gentleman who lives in the UK who works with sports teams like the Proteus and some of the English football teams mm. about how you create a culture of belonging and that has to happen if you want to be the best. Um, and that's a fact to read. Wonderful. And I have just recently read Sir Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson's book, um, Leading Too. So you can tell I've been looking at the sport analogy. Yes. Um, that's <laughs> very good. <laughs> I'm the Manchester United. United. I, oh, um, there you go. Yeah, yeah I, I love Sir Alex and, and that book is great. That I particularly love the stories yeah. in that book about me just too. Things like one of the ones that stands out to me that I remember is when he realised he needed to get off the field. He was on the field yes. in training with, with the team, and he realised actually, if I'm going to see things clearly, I need to get my other coaches to run what happened so I can be um, step back and see from a higher level what everyone's doing and see the strengths and weaknesses of players that I might miss if I'm on the field. There's little things where you go, oh, man, that is so profound. And yet he, he, he just said just little things like that. But there's so many of them in that book. Yeah. Talking about, that's right. That's where it comes from. Um, you have to listen to it because mm. it's beautiful. I learned more about... Football, I'm hesitating. Football, soccer. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love the thing about being yourself, actually. Being yourself, that stayed with me. And a number of advice as well. Be yourself. So um, good. Yeah, great recommendation. I love that you... Yeah, so any of those three... Okay, let me jump to the next question. What is a uh, what? What's a great piece of advice you've received at some point in your life in leadership? Someone gave you some advice, and you just think, "Wow, that was a really great piece." Me, I think there's a, a couple of bits. Really, I think the be yourself is really important. Um, it's really hard to lead an organization if your values don't fit with their values. You can't pretend. You, you have to be yourself um, because that's who people will then follow or look up to or be inspired by, hopefully. Um, I think you must always seek to understand. It's very easy, particularly in the leadership world of education, which is really busy, as we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, and really chaotic. Um, it's really easy to make decisions too quickly and not seek to understand. Um, and it's easy to make assumptions but actually it's really important to seek to understand first before you, and to, therefore to slow think things, which is another good piece of advice that somebody gave me. So they, that's not one, but three, but they connect. <laughs> they do. They're <laughs> great pieces of advice. Um, what is, uh, do you have any favorite quotes? Are there any quotes that you love? You know, they've just been really profound for you or you always have them up around somewhere. Um, favorite quotes? Oh, no, I really love the Desmond Tutu one, and I have to find it. I didn't have a think about that. Um, there's a wonderful Desmond Tutu quote, which I'll see if I can find quickly, um, which I just love. And that's about, um, you know, if there are things to do and you want to make a difference, you need to get on and do it. Don't wait for other people. Don't wait for the system or the society. Get on and do it yourself. Mm. Um 
I'm trying to see if I can find it. Oh, I know. Yes, if you are neutral, that's right. And you, if you are neutral in the situation of injustice, you've taken the side of the oppressor. Mm. Which I, I think it's really, really important. Um, and a person is a person through other persons. You can't be human in isolation. You're human only in relationships. Yeah. They're wonderful. To me, that's wonderful. Yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah. So I, I think about the first one a lot around being a being an upstander, not a bystander. Um, and like any country, we're dealing with unconscious bias around race. Um, and um, yeah. I think, you know, actively doing something about that as a leader and you're not standing up to it when you hear it in your organization, then effectively you're on the other side, you know. Um, mm. And the other one I love, relationships. I don't need any organization without relationships with people. It's not something you do on your own. I agree. So there you go. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful um, quotes from Desmond Tutu. Thank you so much for sharing those. Uh, questions. This one, you yeah. can pick something lighthearted or something serious. Yes, any uh, um, movies that are your favorites favorite. or have really influenced you or had an impact on you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of, oh, those are the sort of questions that you can't think of an answer in the moment. Um, I love the, I, I tell you, okay, I've got a serious one that I love, um, which is um, a movie, and I can't remember the name of it now, about um, a dilemma, Eye in the Sky. Now, that's a movie that hadn't left me thinking for days and days and days. Um, and Eye in the Sky is a movie that's shot in real time. So over the two hours of watching mm. the movie is the two hours. Have you seen it where the Americans and British make a decision yeah. about whether to bomb? Yeah. And I think that stayed with me for a long time because it's the idea of dilemmas and making decisions. Um, and that um, a dilemma is a dilemma because there isn't to work out fine. You, you can't do nothing. And whichever side you do, you're going to do something a bit righter than the other side or not. Um, and that stuck with me for a long time. It's a kind of serious thing, I suppose, rather than funny, but it stuck with me for a long time about actually you have to, yeah, you have to embrace that that is sometimes the case. Um, and you make the best decision you can, but no decision is not is not a good one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's come up making no decisions on the podcast that, that, and you know, any decision is better than no decision, no yeah. decision. And, and this idea, and that movie certainly articulates that in heavy. That's one of my, that's yeah. one of the favorite, one of my favorite movies from recent years, yeah. actually. I so appreciated, like you said, yeah. I, I'm always looking for a movie that stays with you, that finishes and the next day you're still going, Oh, wow. I'm still trying to come to grips with, with that, um, with that, the best stories, yeah. Do, I think, and um, that was definitely one that I didn't realize. I sort of turned it on as a thing, and, and like you said, was really, um, <laughs> you know, challenging yeah. for, for a while after, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, stays with me, and I mean, it's a great one for students too because it gets mm. them really thinking, yeah, absolutely. Okay, last question. If only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? 
I think it, I think one piece of advice would be what we talked about earlier um, to listen. Um, mm. And I mean, to listen to everybody. So to seek out experts to support you and listen to them, um, to listen to yourself and to what is right and to listen to the people that you lead. And you must do Wonderful. what is right yeah <laughs> you know yeah yeah it's i mean that's that's the advice that's come up most often and i love that because mm. i think it's true someone who's been leading for a quite a long time in different contexts like you have captain it's it's good for me yeah. and for everyone else listening to stop and realize you could say anything there and it is significant yeah. that you come back to listen what leaders yeah. do and uh, so thank you for sharing that. It's wonderful advice and a big challenge to all of us listening uh, who are listening now to focus <laughs> on listening to us <laughs> and not um, being so fast to to speak and try to jump in and fix things. Sit across whoever it is, like you said, and to truly listen. And then I love what you said earlier about that empty statement, actually making sure that we communicate back to them what we're hearing and 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 make sure they understand that we understand because that's when that really goes to another level and and um, that can also diffuse a lot of uh, really tricky things. Just the simple art of listening. So wonderful, wonderful advice um, for those who've really loved hearing your story and be interested also in what you're doing uh, inside in Christchurch. Where can people connect with you online? Say find the school. Yeah, so through LinkedIn, obviously, um, and then also um, through the school website, through my email address, which is just C-Law, Claw, which is quite funny, at avonside.school.nz. Yeah, that is funny. I know, the claw. I knew it when I got there. The claw is coming. <laughs> the claw, yeah, the claw is coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just remind you of that no, movie, but... hey, the claw, the claw. <laughs> The claw, oh, yeah, 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 that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, for tuning in, what a fun episode! So good to to uh, to chat with Catherine um, about so many different topics. I want to encourage our listeners to also check out the John O'White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day Podcast. They're two other uh, podcasts I do that. Uh, could be content for you as a leader to grow in your leadership. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to you, Catherine, for being so generous with your time, uh, for sharing wonderful about your dad and his wonderful, the way he modeled great leadership for you. America and women leadership. It's been um, more than anything. It's just been a joy to spend time. So much for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's been great. Thank you very much. It's always good to reflect back and think about everything. So thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. 
We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I, I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and, and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. 95% uh, of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. 
and I stand by that. It's uh, you have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it, and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up "Step Up or Step Out," John O. White, or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.